your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Welcome, biohackers, to another episode of the Biohacking Secret Show podcast. And in today's episode, I sit down with Adam Armstrong, Adam's founder of the new alpha.com and known by many to be one of the world's top sexual health coaches. He's built multiple seven-figure businesses based around a number of special reports, books, audio courses, and video programs teaching men how to be super fit, strong, and healthy in the bedroom. But our conversation today is of a different variety. Adam has an incredibly inspiring story of how he went from being an elite powerlifter to almost dying of a bleeding stomach ulcer to then naturally healing himself using a unique combination of superfoods. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how an English powerlifter used a specific combination of blended whole superfoods to heal a bleeding stomach ulcer and how you can too. The three words Louis Pasteur said on his deathbed that are crucial to understanding optimal health, what we are doing to our food today that is destroying its health and healing properties, and getting a deeper understanding of what fuels peak performance. We're also going to discuss a tonic used by Roman gladiators and ancient Greeks as an alternative to blood transfusions. And this same remedy is used today by many women around the world to prevent fatigue during their menstrual cycle. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Adam Armstrong. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Adam Armstrong, welcome to the show. That's uh, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to dive into this because you have uh, you have a really interesting journey, both in the the health side of things and the online business side of things. Um, take us back to when this all started for you. Yeah, well, when I was 18 years of age, I left school. I didn't go to university because I wanted to work with my parents in the property company. So. You know, it seemed at the time like a way to get rich, you know, and as an 18 year old kid, that's kind of like, that's what I wanted to do. I was always very driven by money. You know, I remember like doing my first entrepreneurial stuff when I was like 10, 11 years old, washing people's cars in the streets. So I had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So I left school at 18, didn't want to go to uni. Started work in my parents' property company and was given a lot of responsibility. And we built, you know, we built a good uh, property portfolio. I also started competing in powerlifting when I was like 20, yeah, you know, I'm bad with dates, but let's say I was like 20, 21 years of age and just competing in a training in a commercial gym, you know, I was able to deadlift 500 pounds within eight, within eight months of training for powerlifting and a body weight of only 180 pounds, drug free. So I, I, I got pretty strong pretty fast. That's impressive. And then, yeah, well, yeah, it was kind of. And then, and then what happened was, 
two things happened. Number one, I was like, if I want to be the best powerless I can be, I probably shouldn't be training on my own in a commercial gym surrounded by people who are lifting baby weights and aren't interested. So I was like, there's, there's no point being a big fish in a small pond here. It turns out that Andy Bolton, who you know was the first man to deadlift a thousand pounds, so he's you know legitimately one of the strongest human beings that has ever lived. He he, he trained not far from where I lived, so I went down there and I met Andy, super nice guy, and uh, I asked if I could train with him. You know, and it was really intimidating because you know there's him there who's like 26 stones and the first man to deadlift a thousand pounds, and all the other guys training with him were all like you know they all look 200 pounds plus. Not necessarily all as friendly as him. Anyway, I ended up training with them. And it was, you know, it was one of the best sort of 18 months of my life and also one of the worst because here's what happened. The economy went to shit in like 2007, 2008. So our property business uh, all of a sudden had an issue where all these properties that we had that had tenants in all of a sudden didn't have tenants. Of course, you got mortgages to pay. So all of a sudden there was financial stress that I'd never experienced before. And then also, training with Andy and these guys who were all so much bigger than me, there was this pressure that I didn't really realize to also go up in weight classes and become bigger. So what happened was I was like 180 pounds, probably, let's say 10% body fat, because I always had abs showing, and I ate a really clean diet when I first started powerlifting. Then I started training with Andy and hanging out with these guys, and they all basically eat shit. Like they'll tell you they don't, but they eat like shit. They're eating fish and chips before training sessions and burgers and chips afterwards and anything to get big. And I kind of fell into that pan. And what happened was we had this combination of financial stress work-wise, and I realized that, and I also realized that property, the property game was not my true passion, and that bugged me. I realized some people are happy just working for money, but I realized that was not my true passion, and it really bugged me. So you've got financial stress plus realizing I'm not in the right game. And you've got also this increase in body weight that's come about through lousy eating. Now you combine that lousy eating and the stress and something's going to break. And I ended up after 18 months with this stomach ulcer. Now I didn't know it at the time, but I remember going to the gym one day to do a Thursday workout session. It was a bench session with Andy and a couple of the other guys. And I remember as I was doing my bench sets, I'm there doing my bench sets. After we'd done the speed bench sets, it was like the eighth set. I remember thinking, I'm not going to be training again for a very long time because my stomach was in fucking pieces. And I mean pieces. Like, there was just pain going on that was horrible, really horrible. And uh, I don't remember the exact order of events. I'll be straight because this went on for a long time. But I believe in the next few days, there was one day where I woke up and I literally stumbled out of bed and wiped my head on the, like, the door frame to the bathroom. And my girlfriend was like, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, always the eternal optimist. But I was secretly thinking, I cannot fucking stand up straight. I was dizzy as hell. So um, I went to hospital, which was not something that I wanted to do. But she saw the way I was. My parents saw the way I was. And they were like, I think you need to get checked out. So anyway, I go to hospital. They run some tests on me. They find that I've got this bleeding stomach ulcer, right? So it's not just a stomach ulcer, it's a bleeding stomach ulcer. And I've lost a lot of blood. So my iron levels are like really low, my hemoglobin levels are really low. And they were like, to be honest, we're surprised you actually stood up at all because most people with this lack of hemoglobin in their blood would basically be laid down. They would not be getting up. So they kept me in hospital. 
they gave me some antacids, which gets rid of the acidity in your stomach. But I, all the time I'm thinking this isn't good because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of enrolling myself in the system here. And I went away from hospital after a few days. The pain disappeared. And I remember taking these antacids. And I remember all of a sudden I could eat anything that I wanted. All this other stuff, like it got to the point where I couldn't eat really anything without pain. All of a sudden I could eat whatever I wanted. And for about half a day, I thought, oh, this is great. And then after about half a day, <laughs> I'm like, this is not good because I've not changed anything in my lifestyle. I'm still stressed to death. I'm still eating a lousy diet. The pain's gone. I was like, even if this sorts me out for the next 10 years, sooner or later, these drugs are going to catch up with me. Long story short, I started eating right. I got back on my feet. I started training again. And as we humans do, I did the same thing to myself again. So I started training. Complacency kicked in. I stopped training with Andy because I realized I don't want to be as big as these dudes. This is not healthy for me. And if they're being honest, it's not healthy for any of them. They all do it for as long as they can until their body breaks. Um, so I started training with some other guys. And I remember one day, this must be like a year or two later, I'm like, shit, guys, I can't train. And they're like, what do you mean? We're only doing the warm-up. And I'm like, I can't get through the warm-up. Like, I couldn't get through my own warm-up. I was like, I can't train. Same thing happens again. I got, I can't, I'm like dizzy as hell. I'm like, oh my God, I've done it to myself again. Go back to hospital, same thing happens. They're like, they give me the antacids. I'm like, God, this is like history repeating itself. And I'm like, okay, I got to get real serious here. So they're going to keep me in for like three or four days. And I start reading everything I can about, you know, how the hell do I fix this stomach ulcer without taking these drugs? I was like, okay, I'm in here. They're going to pump this shit into me. I'm going to have to take it while I'm here and then I'm going to stop taking it. So I leave hospital and I've been reading all this stuff and I've got one doctor telling me to take these drugs for life and another doctor telling me to take them for three months. So I'm like, they're just incompetent. They don't know what the hell they're on about. They don't tell you anything about lifestyle. They just want you to pump yourself full of these drugs until it catches up with you in 10 or 20 years time as a different set of symptoms. And then they're going to say it has nothing to do with it. They're full of shit. <laughs> full of shit. Doctors are the most brainwashed people on the planet, right? Because there's a big multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical industry brainwashing them. So anyway, I read it. I've read everything I could read in three or four days because I have nothing else to do in hospital. I've got all these different foods that are supposed to kill stomach ulcers. And for about a month after that, I start to feel good. I can see my veins come back because when you're hemoglobin as well, you've got no veins, you've got no vascularity. And usually I'm a pretty vascular dude. So my veins start to come back. I start to feel energy again. I start to do some easy workouts again. And one day uh, I went climbing, you know, like indoor bouldering. Where you've got no ropes. It's like three, four meter walls. We do some bouldering. I'm feeling really good. And all of a sudden, after we've been there about an hour, I get to the top of this. Uh, <laughs> I get to the top of this thing, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I climb down very slowly, and my girlfriend's like, "Adam, you've gone drip white." And I'm like, "Yes, something's happened here." I'm like, "Shit," because up to this point in time, as weird as this may sound, I was never really worried. Because I'm always just that kind of guy who's like, look, we'll just figure this out. And I've figured it out twice already, right? And now I'm like, hang on, I've been doing everything right for a month. I've eaten this perfect diet. And all what were you, what were you eating? Trip white. At that point in time, you know, it was all natural. It was all unprocessed. I can't remember exactly. But there was various foods that were supposed to, you know, get rid of stomach ulcers and so on. And 
The point is, this had still happened. Like, I'd gone rock climbing. Like, I hadn't been eating shit or anything. And all of a sudden, I feel myself go drip white. The next day, my veins have gone in a little bit. And I'm like, I can't do this again. I cannot go back to hospital. I wasn't feeling terrible, but I was aware something had taken a backward step. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, well, a couple of years ago, I bought these DVDs of this like health conference. And I remember this one guy called Cowboy Don Tolman. I told you about this guy when you and I first spoke out to him. It's mm-hmm. called Cowboy Don Tolman. I was like, I want to speak to that guy. So I, I Googled his name, Cowboy Don Tolman. I was like, I ah, does consultations. And his consultations were like $500 for an hour. So they were not cheap. And I, uh, I book in to speak with him. And the first three times he cancels on me. And I'm like, shit. I'm, 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 I'm like halfway dying here. I'm like, oh my God, he's cancelled on me three times. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing there? And anyway, the fourth time I finally get to speak to him, and I, he and I have since become good friends, and I realize that he's just not a very organized guy. So, anyway, I speak to him, explain about this ulcer, about how it's gone away, it's come back, about how it's bled. And he's just super calm and relaxed. He's just like, he's like, dude, look, if you have the courage to do as I say, your symptoms are going to disappear within 10 days. And I was like, you serious? And he was like, look, I'm serious. He was like, I need you to forget about everything that you've read. I need you to forget everything the doctors have read. And I need you to do as I say. And he just filled me with this, this sense of this peace. I was like, shit, I found the dude here. This is the guy. Because I know it's like, when you're into alternative health, a lot of people have a limit. So they're great talking about alternative health, but then they always go, oh, but if this happens, you need to go see your doctor. Oh, but if that happens, you need to go to hospital. And it, to me, that just shows a lack of confidence in what they what they do. Because really, unless you have your unless your legs half hanging off because you've been in a car crash or something like that, you don't really need to go to hospital. This is what he taught me. He was like, "Stay away from fucking doctors." And I was like, "Okay, so let's say I do as you say, and I'll tell you what he told me to do in a minute." But let's say I do as you say. I, I said, "Do I need to go back to hospital in a month and have my uh, blood test done again to check?" He was like, "Dude, fucking no way." He was like, "Don't go there because I'll just start filling your head full of bullshit." He said, "Base it on how you feel." If you're not lightheaded, if you're not dizzy, if the pain's not there, if your vascularity's come back, you know, if your veins are showing, he's like, why do you need to go? And I was like, yeah, dude's got a point. This is just common sense. <laughs> so here, so he, say, he says, for, for the next 14 days, like 10, 14 days, I want you to drink water. And he didn't give me quantities. He said, just go by feel. So drink water, drink coconut water, because he said coconut water is one of the best things to hydrate you. And he was like, like, one of the symptoms I had was when my stomach was at its worst, I couldn't really drink anything, let alone eat anything. So I was really dehydrated. So he was like, drink coconut water. Then he was like, I want you to drink this special juice. You're going to make it every day at home because this is the juice that he's found is most healing for most people, for most things. And the juice is simply carrot, apple, beetroot, and lemon. So I made that every day, probably drank a liter to two liters of that every day. All organic ingredients, and then the next thing was we had to do 12 spears of asparagus and two cups of berries. And it could be any berries I want, like blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, raspberries. I chose blueberries and strawberries because they blend really easy. So blend two cups of berries with one, with 12 spears of asparagus with water to a palatable thickness. Treat that down once a day. I was like, why do I do that? He's like, because he asked me when they did the you know, they stick a camera down your throat to see where the ulcer is and they do like a little biopsy to see if you've got any cancer cells. And I was like, yeah, they didn't do the biopsy because I started retching on the camera so they had to pull it out. So he goes, well, no big deal. He's like, you do the asparagus and the berries because that's what I found helps cancer patients kill uh, 
you know, kill cancerous cells. So we do that as well. Then the fourth thing, and this was one that blew my mind, was he says each day for like a week, just for a week, you didn't have to do this for 14 days, but just for a week, you're going to do a litre of grape juice, red grape juice, mixed with two egg yolks, and you just shake it up and drink it. And I was like, what the fuck's that for? He's like, that is what they used to use in olden times as a blood transfusion. And I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me here. He's like, no, that is what they used. And sure enough, I've done my research on the web. You go back to Roman times, Greek times, when the gladiators were like half dead, losing blood from battle, that's what they drank, grape juice, egg yolks. When the, when the soldiers, soldiers came back from battle with like wounds that were bleeding, that is what they, they drank, grape juice and egg yolks. And, and you'll find online like a lot of women, women who bleed heavily during their menstrual cycle, a lot of women drink that as well. And they, a lot of them say it really helps. So I, I, so I asked him, you know, I said to him, I will do this, but I said, can I, can I like, have a number that I can text you on in case, basically, in case I shit myself and get worried? So he, you know, he was, <laughs> he was like, yeah, dude, sure. So he gives me his number. And uh, I sent him a message after five days, and I was like, you know, you lied to me, Don. And he was like, dude, what do you mean? I said, you told me it would take 10 days to feel great. I was like, it's five days in, I've got no more symptoms. And he was like, you know, how fucking Louie. So then after that, I was like, well, what do I do next? Because, you know, I can't just live off these four things forever, as nice as they are. You know, a liquid only, a vegan diet can be great in the short run when the body needs to heal. But, you know, it's not, I don't think it's great in the long run. Not liquid anyway. Vegan might work for some people, but I didn't want to be a vegan. So he was like, well, he's like, add in some eggs. So I have like veg, veggie omelette, cooking coconut oil, or eggs done however you want it. But I did like scrambled eggs because I'm too lazy to do an omelette. So I did like scrambled eggs with vegetables, coconut oil. I did that in for a couple of weeks, continued to feel good, started putting some body weight back on again because I'd lost a lot of weight with that stomach ulcer because I just couldn't eat normally. And then after that, he basically said, you know, you just start adding things in that, that are natural and unprocessed. But he said this he did give me specific things that were very good for the not only stomach ulcers but digestive issues in general he showed me loads of case studies where he'd help people with various digestive issues and the interesting thing was it didn't really matter what label the pharmaceutical or medical industry gave those issues fix was pretty much the same That's what I'm about. You know, it didn't matter whether they say you've got a stomach ulcer needles IBS colitis the, the same kind of things fixed them all so it was things like avocado, avocado mashed up with olive, extra virgin olive oil and good quality salt. That was great. Things like onions, garlic, and ginger were very good. Sometimes I, I added the ginger, and sometimes I still do add ginger to this day to the juice that I told you about earlier with the carrots, apple, beetroot, and lemon. Um, certain grains, you know, like uh, basmati rice, brown rice, quinoa, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, once my stomach felt robust again, then I started adding things in that are healthy, but maybe a little bit harder to digest, like um, nuts and seeds, that kind of thing. And other, you know, other vegetables and fruits. And, you know, he he's a big fan of vegetarian diet. I still eat some fish because I like it, you know, but I always eat like wild Alaskan salmon or whatever. You know, I tend to just eat wild fish. So it's going to be a, as have as little pollution in it as possible and as many of the right fats as it should have in it. So my diet today is not really anything out of the ordinary. You know, anyone who's into health would probably recognize it. You know, I eat fruits and veg, I eat nuts and seeds, I eat some fish. 
I eat some grains, you know, and I do a lot of healthy fats. Um, and thankfully, that diet really sorted me out, you know. But there's a whole there's a whole like business side to what was going on as well. It's a totally different story that we can also dig into. Yeah, I want to dig into that. Let's um just to recap and make sure I'm getting this. Okay, so you're working with with Cowboy Don Tolman, who's more of a vegan vegetarian himself. He Def- tells you, not, yeah, not vegan. He's definitely vegetarian. Vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so vegetarian because he does he does consume eggs. Yeah, yeah, and, and raw dairy, you know. And raw dairy. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I love raw dairy to this day. All I, right. Thankfully, where I live, it's legal. We can have raw organic dairy, so I love it. Ah, oh, very nice. I need to find some of that uh, yeah, where, where I moved to. Um, so he said, I'll have you symptom-free in 10 days, kind of forget everything else that you've yeah. learned or may believe up to this point. Yeah. And then he started you off. He said, drink lots of water. I'm, I'm assuming it was like clean water rather than from, you know, yeah, the municipal yeah. water. Oh, spot. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do, I'm a bit lazy, so I just choose like, you know, glass bottled spring water. Okay. Cool. And did you have a specific kind that you that you went for? Just whatever I could get that is glass bottled and still. I mean, I think over here we have like Highland Spring. I don't even know if you guys have that in America. It's just a Scottish one, you know. Highland Spring. All right, nice. And it's more it's more so because it's chlorine and fluoride free. So he said, drink drink by feel. Make sure you're yeah. staying hydrated and um, getting plenty of that. And then coconut water. Yeah. How much of that were you doing per day? couple of glasses, you know, maybe a couple of, uh, I don't know what measurements you use in America, but like half a liter, 500 milliliters overall. 500 milliliters, cool. And then you did the, the, the carrot, apple, beetroot, and lemon. Yeah, that's such a nice juice, man. Carrot, apple, beetroot, and lemon. And, um, and you would do one to two liters of that per day. Yeah, that was the big deal. And I still I still drink that most days, you know. Not one to two liters. I just have like a glass of it most days. I just like it. Nice. And is there was there specific amounts uh, or, or ratios that you would use with like how much yeah. carrot, how much apple, how much beetroot, how much lemon? Yeah, roughly speaking, you know, I like something like, if you wanted to make half a liter of it, you'd do something like four or five large carrots, one to two apples half a medium beet and then just lemon to taste. I mean, he, he recommends a lot, a lot of lemon, but, you know, not everybody can hack a lot of lemon, so just lemon to taste, I say. Nice. Awesome. Um, and then, so you would do that in the morning or did you well, wait that, until you got that, hungry? Well, for, you know, for, for 10 days, 10, 14 days, that was the diet. That was yeah. it. I just did it by feel for 10 or 14 days, you know. If you got hungry, you had a glass of that. I didn't really get hungry at that time because my stomach was so messed up. I wasn't really eating much before I did it. So exactly. I could drink as much of that as I wanted. So I didn't really have hunger issues during that, that period. Very cool. And then, um, and when did you do the, the 12 spears of asparagus and two cups of berries? And I think you said you chose blueberries and strawberries. Yeah. Cause they blend nicely. Like black, blackberries and especially raspberries have little bits in. So I don't like the way they blend, but okay. I did that like, uh, just some point during the day. I don't even remember. I don't okay. even remember. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't specific. Oh, the one thing I missed out was the fermented foods. That was actually uh-huh. a big deal. That was one of the things that really helped me kind of improve my digestive health. I did mean, like fermented vegetables and fermented drinks like kefir, which is dairy one, and kombucha, which is non-dairy. 
Nice. And did you buy those or did you make those? I, it's a good question. I bought them and I still do to this day, but I'm actually in the process of uh, having someone make them for me. Because ah. you spent the fortune buying them. Yeah. And it's never going to be as good as what you make yourself. So I'm actually, yeah, we're, we're experimenting with making them. Like, we're going to start doing it. Is that something you're like putting a personal assistant on? Well, you know, one of the things we've been able to do uh, is hire a chef since, you know, business uh-huh. took off. So we have a chef at home. She does other things. She doesn't just cook food. She, you know, she's kind of housekeeper chef, but she is, uh, yeah, she's doing it for us. Because I, I don't really have the time or the patience to do it, but she loves doing that kind of thing. So, you know, she's going to do it. Very cool. And um, is that is that something that's reasonable? Like, what what does it cost you for someone listening who's like been thinking about? Oh, I would love I would love a yeah. personal chef and yeah. someone to help you with know, this stuff. Yeah, you know, it's like people. You know, it all just depends what you want to spend your money on. Like people said to me, like, um, you know, they couldn't get the head around why I was having a chef. Like, they were like, why are you spending money on that? You know, why are you being lazy? And I was like, number one, it's not lazy because. If I spend an hour and a half in the kitchen each day preparing my food, that's a lot of time that I could be spending doing a million other things I would rather be doing, whether it's spending time with my kids, spending time playing golf or weight training, spending time riding my mountain bike, spending time with my friends, spending time with my business. You know, an hour, you add up an hour and a half, five days a week, because we don't have the chef on the weekends. Five days a week, I'm supposed to be here. That is a lot of time. So it was really one of the best things I've ever outsourced in my life outsource something that's going to improve your health and make your life easier. I mean, it's brilliant. So we pay her like uh, 1750 an hour. That's in, that's in British pounds. Uh, so in dollars right now, the pound and the dollar are not as far apart as they usually are. It's probably 14, 15 dollars an hour. But, but she's, she's really good. You could get someone cheaper, but we wanted someone who understood about cooking healthy food, you know, and she's good. That's, so, I mean, that's, fa- that's a fantastic deal. I think so. Yeah. I think so. yeah. it works really well you know we've got two young kids as well you know we've got one year old son three year old daughter so it's great for them too you know they got healthy food on tap all day long very cool yeah. um, alright so I love that so you you did um, we left off with 12 spears of asparagus two cups of blueberries then you yeah. did the the liter of grape juice and two egg yolks now I'm sure in in gladiator times, they were using real grapes, which were organic grapes because they hadn't been sprayed with a whole bunch of stuff. But um, yeah. you didn't, you, you just kind of went and got yourself some good organic grape juice, right? Or some store Yeah, I, Yeah, it's funny, you know, I, I asked Don about that and I thought he was going to say prepare your own, but he said if you can go to the store, we need to get glass bottles, you know, organic grape juice where it's like good fucking luck because I don't think they sell that anywhere. But, uh, so I just got organic grape juice, not from concentrate, made sure it wasn't from concentrate. And then just, you know, blended it up with two raw organic free-range egg yolks, which sounds disgusting, but it actually isn't. You know, once it's blended up, you, there's no sliminess. It just looks like the grape juice starts off super red and dark, and then it goes like pink, and it just tastes creamy. So it's like creamy grape juice. It's weird, but it works. Um, and like I say, if you do your research online, you'll find a lot of women do that every month when it's the menstrual cycle, you know? Awesome. And um, and you you only did that for the first yeah, 10, yeah. 10 days? Yeah. Maybe seven, 10 days, yeah. He said so, you didn't need to do that too much. And, and, and I saw what he meant because once I've done it a few times, I noticed my veins just came back. And he did say that they've proven scientifically that that works faster than the blood transfusion. Do we he, have... He, 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 
Do we know the mechanisms, like how that's working? No, no. This isn't, you know, this isn't my thing. I don't fucking know how the hell it works, but I just know it works. Like I'm just a results guy. Even, even the sex stuff that I teach, which is my thing, I'm still not really a science guy. Yeah. I'm a results guy, but, but, um, which is ultimately what matters the most, right? Is it, is it exactly. safe first and foremost, exactly. and all this stuff is food and, and then does it work? And that's the thing about blood transfusion is a blood transfusion safe? Well, yeah. your body can reject that blood. Like bodies reject organs when people have organ transplants. You can have a, an anaphylactic shock and die. So, yeah. you know, which would I rather do? Drink a Leo grape juice and some eggs or, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, but they don't want to tell you this stuff because there's no money in it. That's why they don't want to tell you it. That's what people need to be aware of. Well, there's also the crazy fact that like, so in, in 2005, the Nobel Prize was awarded to, um, it was like Barry Marshall and Robin. And uh, his, I believe it was like his life partner and partner in business. And it was, they discovered that like this bacteria, H. pylori, was one of the underlying causes yeah. of stomach ulcers, right? Talk about that, yeah. So, like, I want to discuss that with you, yeah. as, as you know, as that kind of fits into your so, story. If it was something you're aware of, but also, like, yeah. when we're talking about blood transfusions, we're still figuring out the role that these little infections play, and and how much it exceeds our current understanding of their role in the in the body. That was a story. Let's talk about that. HP pylor or whatever the fuck it's called bacteria in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's there was, like there was a story here in the in the United Kingdom where uh, a couple of decades ago, several thousand people died because they were given blood transfusions that had I forget what the disease was, maybe HIV in it, something like that. You know, this shit's real. Like people have no idea. Yeah, like, you know, you, you put your faith in the doctor's hands. Like, ask yourself this: Show me a doctor. Show me a nurse who looks healthy. Because my experience is that either all fat and or miserable. That's it. That was my experience every time I've been to hospital. Either fat and or miserable. If you're fat and or miserable, how can you be healthy? You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a guy on the street who's homeless and ask him for financial advice. So why do we go to an institution where most of the people who work there look half dead themselves and ask them for health advice? Anyway, going back to the bacteria, here's the interesting thing about that bacteria. Yeah. Like over 50% of the world's population have that bacteria. Yeah. Not 50% of the world's population have stomach ulcers. So there's a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Stomach Ulcers, uh, Don't Get Ulcers, which is really cool. I was actually reading a little bit of it yesterday after while I was having my lunch. And he kind of explains a bit more about that bacteria. And his view, and he was like a Stanford medical professor, was like, bacteria probably plays a role, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the only reason why people get ulcers. And given what I was doing in my life at the time, super stressed out with work, eating a crappy diet, you know, I, I kind of feel like those were the things that did it for me. And, then, and since, I, since I learned how to manage my stress levels, and since I have eaten a better diet, the ulcers never come back for like, you know, how many years are we now? It must be five, six years, so... I kind of feel like I got it sorted. You know? Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those like, you know, you can load the gun, but like your environment pulls the trigger. So like, yeah, just because yeah. you have the bacteria doesn't mean you're going to have stomach ulcers. But all of a sudden, if that bacteria is present, maybe it's present for a decade before anything happens. But then you hit this period where you're super stressed and you're yes. going through financial stuff. And yeah. then, you know, you're pushing your body in ways that um, maybe it's never been pushed before. And then yeah. you're combining that with like poor nutrition. And like, I think any entrepreneur or athlete 
can relate to some components of that. Probably so. And so, then all of a sudden you start having presenting symptoms of, of uh, ulcers, you know, gastritis yeah. and, and peptic ulcers. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and I, I'm kind of glad that this happened to me. In my, it's one of the 19, do you want this to happen to you when you're in your early to mid-20s? Of course, looking at it now, I'm in my early 30s, I'm glad it happened, happened to me because... In Chinese uh, Taoist philosophy, they have this kind of saying that says that a person cannot experience optimal health until they go through a serious health challenge. So the fact that I've had mine and been through it and learned so much from it and then been able to use the experiences to help other people, particularly to improve their sexual performance, is amazing. So I'm kind of grateful for it, even though at the time it really fucking sucked. Um, And I kind of feel like, you know, as well, you know, you got to understand the medical establishment loves a bacteria. They love, because, because then they can say, oh, well, we've got this drug that kills this bacteria, which is exactly what they did. You know, they did the test on me. Oh, yeah, you've got the bacteria. Take this drug to kill it. But they didn't tell me what to eat or drink. They didn't tell me to de-stress. So I could have gone away taking the drugs. Maybe it would have helped, but was, would it have been the answer? No, I'd have still been a really stressed out person eating a terrible diet. Yeah, it's it's some of the like some of the beauty and uh, the, well, I guess the double edged sword of like what happened with penicillin and like you know I think it was like the 1920s or 1930s is like that did so much for stopping unnecessary deaths that it, it kind of like solidified this mechanistic view of medicine where it was like everything was chemical and everything came down to uh you know chemical reactions or infections in the body and all you needed to do was address that where we're realizing now that it's like it's so much more multifaceted sure well what people need to understand is like the whole story of louis pasteur and antoine bechamp so louis pasteur was the guy who was responsible for pasteurization so almost all of the milk and cheese products that you buy on the shelves in supermarkets are pasteurized. So they're heated to a very high degree and they explain that that heating kills anything bad in the way of bacteria, microorganisms that's in there. So that it makes it safe to eat, right? The downside is you kill all of the good bacteria that's in there as well. The other thing we need to understand is that um, the if you buy free range organic stuff and you do your homework on the farm where you're buying dairy, for instance, you don't need to worry about the animal being sickly because it's been it's lived a good life, you know. It's been fed grass, it's been out in the outdoors, it's not had antibiotics used on it, that kind of thing. If you buy mass-produced cheap meat or dairy, then that stuff's a consideration because those animals are pumped full of antibiotics, pumped full of steroids and growth hormone. They're all unhealthy. They never see the light of day. They're running around in their own shit all day long. You know what I mean? They're being fed parts of other animals like brain and spinal cord. I mean, it just goes on. Anyway, this dude, Louis... Louis Pasteur is responsible for this thing called pasteurization, which everyone thinks is great. And my, my fiance had someone over the other day, a friend, and we're all drinking raw milk. And this woman really did say, uh, is that milk going to kill my child? And it was like, no, other milk's going to contribute to killing your child, you fucking retard. Because if you keep, it's just slow poison, like pasteurized dairy, it's just slow poison, just like candies, just like, conventional chocolate, ice cream, pastry, white bread, white flour, all this crap people eat all day long, fast food. It's all slow poison. Anyway, so this guy, Louis Pasteur, he comes up with this pasteurization theory. Basically, it was like the germ theory of medicine. And the medical establishment caught onto that. So now it's like they sort of tell you that everything is caused by germs and that's why everyone's running around like fucking idiots. 
spraying their hands with uh, antibacterial hand wash every time they like you know do anything. Have you seen? Is that the same in America? Like over here, <laughs> everyone's just rubbing antibacterial hand wash it onto their hands all day long. Like yeah. just paranoid. Anyway, the interesting thing is that the medical establishment doesn't tell you is that on his fucking deathbed, Louis Pasteur said, "I was wrong. The germ isn't the main thing to do with disease." The internal environment, the bioterrain, whatever you want to call it, is. This is what this guy, Antoine Bechamp, figured out. And he basically figured out that, and let me get this right, because again, this isn't really my thing, but you know, I've studied it enough to be able to talk about it a little. He figured out that basically, if what's going on inside your body, which he called like the internal terrain or the bioterrain, is healthy, you really won't get sick unless you're really, really unlucky. But as soon as you become unhealthy on the inside, you become susceptible to change he called it uh, pleo or pleomorphism i forget how you say it pleomorphism pleomorphism where cells in your body literally mutate and become you know something that's harmful and the way that you can see this is true is you know if you go on holiday you turn your fridge off and you took all and you left stuff in the fridge when you come back there's sometimes like living things growing on the food that's gone off there was no way for them to get into that fridge they fucking grown. And the same thing happens in the body. Like if you, you know, if you eat fast food, burgers, chips, Coca-Cola, what else do people eat? Pastries, breakfast cereals, donuts, all that crap, like the typical Western American diet. Things change in your body and you become susceptible to disease. You know, you become susceptible to heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and all the other things that people are getting. If you don't yeah. do those things in your body and you also manage your stress, those things don't really happen. You know, the, the, as far as I'm concerned, based on everything that I've read, the human being is not supposed to die in his late 70s of cancer, heart disease, or diabetes, or anything else. It's just not meant to be the way. We're meant to live beyond the 100. And really, we're meant to experience a high quality of life all the way until the last few weeks. You know, we shouldn't be suffering for decades like people are. If people are being really honest with themselves... You told me hundreds of thousands of people listen to this podcast, which is really great. I bet if people who listen to this are honest, then there's probably a six-figure number of people who are like already suffering in their 30s or 40s. And they may not even see it that way because it's creeping up with them slowly, but they've got 10 pounds around their midsection that they don't want. That 10 pounds is going to become 20, it's going to become 30 if you don't change something. And that 20, 30 pounds is slowing you down. You know, it's making you feel a lack of energy. Mm -hmm. That's another big thing. Most people listening to this podcast probably don't have any energy unless they're doing 10 cups of coffee a day and eating high-carb, sugary food. Yeah. It's, that, 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 that's not the way it's meant to be. You should have energy. It's so true. Yeah. Like, we're our, our clients, people that are coming to Biohacking Week, I mean, even just like in the past few years, have been getting younger and younger and younger. And I'm seeing awesome. issues that, that normally used to be reserved for people in their 50s, 60s, 70s happening. Like, I had a... Uh, a, a, oh, friend, sorry, a friend. I meant, sorry, I thought you meant you were helping people feel young. You mean the people coming uh, who are experiencing issues are younger? Well, it's both. When they first come, yeah, yeah, okay. they're they're symptomatic far younger than they should be, and yeah. um, and I think there's a lot going on there, not just with like the internal terrain, but also you know what we're doing to our external environment. Um, you know, I think it was Nikola Tesla said, like, if you want to understand the keys of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. 
Well, we're okay. screwing with the energy frequency and vibration of our external environment with all of the technology that we're exposed to now. And yeah. you combine that with a very drastic disconnect with nature, you know, those good vibrations that we yeah. know have been proven with the Schumann frequency, the 7.8 7 Hertz resonating from the earth. Like these are measurable, tangible things. And that is impacting our internal terrain. That's allowing an overgrowth of candida and, and, and these bad bacteria and parasites that, yes, when they're kept in check, our body uses, has a symbiotic, mutually beneficial relationship with them. But when we start eating the garbage that you talked about that can feed them, and then we have these yeah. unnatural, too many of the unnatural vibrations, not enough of the good vibrations, it can, it can get out of control. And then, you know, years and decades of that, we get symptoms where we have a 30-year-old who's, ex, who's experiencing Parkinsonian symptoms. It's like, this, is, this doesn't happen. It's kind of crazy. I mean, have you read the book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Dr. Weston Price? Yeah, that's yeah, a classic. I mean, this is such a non-political thing to say, but a lot of non-politically correct, but like I was walking- We haven't been politically correct the whole time. Yeah, we might as well keep going. I don't, I don't want to start either. People like <laughs> yeah. sex stuff to say what non-politically correct is, but, but I was walking through the town center uh, near to where I live the other day. And it, it, you know, this town where I live called Harrogate, it's been voted like the best place to live in England for years. I mean, it's a really beautiful place. I was looking around and I was thinking, Jesus, people are ugly these days. I was like, I'm just looking at people who are either overweight and or just fucking ugly. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, ah, remember Dr. Weston Price, this is just bad breathing. Ugliness is bad breathing. Like he showed it in that book. He was like, he showed that if you eat well, People have these like nice wide faces, wide dental arches, wide, wide like noses so they can actually breathe through their nose instead of having to breathe through their mouth. They didn't have dental problems. You showed all of this, what, a hundred years ago and it's all been swept under the carpet. And then today, people are eating junk, are exposing themselves to EMF from their computers and mobile phones and they're not grounded to do anything about it. They don't drink water, they just drink coffee and soda. They don't exercise, they don't have a passion, they work a job they hate stressed to death and all of a sudden people are getting fat they're getting ugly they've got no energy they've got no purpose it's like ah you know and yeah it is also simple to not be a part of if you choose to not be a part of it mm -hmm. but it takes a strong person a person like me a person like you who can say look that's what everyone else is doing listen i don't want to be a part of it you know i'm going to do what the one percent of people do yeah and and i think more and more people are reaching a point where like we know it pain motivates us right yeah. and like yeah. it sometimes it requires that that pain gets to a high enough level that we yeah. finally say fuck it i'm going to do something about this yeah. and um and and i think it can be a good thing it happened with you you know you remember that day when yeah. you when you said i'm not going to be training for a long time the pain was yeah. that that strong. You know, I remember the day that I'd seen my, you know, the 11th doctor in 12 months and he told me there's nothing wrong with you. And, and I felt like my body was shutting down and, and completely wow. devoid of uh, energy on all levels. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I need to figure this out. This is like my last, you know, this is my last go at this. Um, yeah. And it's my responsibility. No one else's. Wow. The pain can motivate us. And I think if people uh, use that for good and then and then arm themselves with the right type of information like you're giving them here, things that have helped you, right? Absolutely. This is just stuff that's helped me, you know, through my, you know, my newsletters and stuff, you know, we've seen it help. I've seen it help thousands of other people. Because what happened was, 
what happened was I noticed that when I improved my diet, you know, it wasn't just my stomach that felt better or my digestive system that felt better. I had more energy. I noticed things happened to my sexual performance. I noticed my gym workouts improved. And then I started sharing this stuff in my newsletters, which were really started out as being for men who wanted to give their women more pleasure in the bedroom. Yeah. But it evolved into something that was very much health-based, you know? I mean, I still teach all the sex techniques and I love to do it, but the truth is the biggest market is guys who have erectile dysfunction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm to teach, but I'm happy to help guys with it, you know? And, uh, yeah. And, and that, that relates to a lot of what we're talking about here. I mean, erectile function is blood flow. You were talking about yeah. one of the uh, natural remedies that, that women can use that time of the month and that, uh, you yeah. know, was, has, has been used for thousands of years. Um, yeah. let's, let's talk about how this transformation in your own health impacted your business. When you were when you were run down, where where was your business at? How have things grown? Where are you at um, today? Yeah, so you know the, the property business that I was in. I mean that hit that hit a tough point. And it, you know it, it got through it, but I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to be in this property business anymore. And it took me a year to restructure that business to where I didn't feel guilty about leaving my parents with it. Mm. So I had to work for a solid year to be able to just to know that I was going to do something else, but I didn't know what the fuck it was. Anyway, when I worked with Andy Bolton, uh, when I trained with Andy Bolton, we actually, through a mutual friend, we actually got started working together, writing books on strength training and powerlifting. We ended up doing a deadlift dynamite with Pavel Satsulin and John Duquesne at Dragon Door when they were together. I ghost wrote half of the book that was Andy's. I think I bought that. Yeah, it was great. It was a great book. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Pavel and Andy was fantastic. You know, I took what Andy taught me and I, I wrote his side for him and Pavel wrote his and Unfortunately, Pavel and Dragondor went their separate ways, but the book was a big success. I mean, it was the number one selling book on, or the number one selling anything on ClickBank uh, the week it was launched. Um, but, you know, Powerlift is a small market, you know, there's not that many people interested in it. People who don't know, Powerlift is basically a strength sport involving the squat, bench press, and deadlift. You get three attempts, your best attempt at each count, you add them up, you get your total. Hopefully, people can figure, figure the rest out. Um, so I was like, you know, it, it was satisfying for me to earn that money online with Andy and get started in a new business. I realized I liked the idea of an online business, but I also realized I didn't really like writing for somebody else because number one, I didn't agree with everything he said. And number two, and this might sound really egotistical, he was getting all the credit for it, but I was doing all the writing. I was doing all the hard work. Although you might say he'd done all the hard work for, to, because for 20 years he had, you know, he succeeded in his sport. Anyway, also, a point where it's like, listen, what do I know that no one else knows? One day, he made a friend of mine who is extremely successful online. We were talking about women as guys do, and he was like, dude, this is your market. You've got to teach guys what you figured out about sex. Because while all this other stuff was going on, the strength training, the property business, the stomach courses, I have a big story to do with women as well, which I can't really, I don't think we've got time to tell. But long story short, I set up a business teaching guys how to be better in the bedroom. We had the website betterinbed.tv, but all the stuff now is on the newalpha.com. Anyway, that really took off, uh, the Better in Bed stuff. Once I started doing something I was truly passionate about, my income went up. And then I, I realized that the market, although I wanted to spend all my time talking about how to give women orgasms, most guys actually wanted to know how can they get an erection, how can they last longer in bed, because so many guys are struggling with it, even guys in their 20s. So I wrote some products on that topic that did well. 
And then I met up with my business partner who, I, who I'm now in business with, who I've created the new alpha.com with. And we brought out our super formula called Manti Rock Hard Formula. And that's been a runaway success. I mean, that formula, all it is is 10 ancient Taoist super herbs combined in specific ratios. You, uh, you make it as a tea or you can do what I do, just chuck the powder into a smoothie and uh, you take it daily. And it has very positive effects, not only on sexual performance, although that's how we market it, but you know, it has powerful effects on health full stop with no downsides. These herbs have been used for two to 6,000 years, depending on what source you read. And, it, and, it, and the thing I love about the Eastern philosophy that they had in like China and Japan was that over there, you never went to a doctor when you were ill. If you got ill, you fired your doctor because the job of a doctor was to keep you well. That's the way it should be, right? I like that. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a completely different mentality. Completely. And when you look at them, they're, they're a lot healthier than us, person for person. They live longer. They're slimmer. You know? mm -hmm. not, yeah, not it's so yeah. It's, the Chinese, the Japanese. It's true. They are. It is. It is. And uh, you know, it's the difference between like, you know, you look at you. You go to like an American. Not not that there's anything against CrossFit because there's not. You know, I like certain CrossFit workouts. But you go to an American CrossFit gym and you see people that you know, there's some folks in there that maybe haven't done any type of workout in a year and they're going in and they're pushing themselves to their physical limit and doing complex movements that, that can leave you susceptible to injury. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, you don't see people that you don't see centurions doing that type of stuff, right? It's like, it's like the guy that like every morning would walk to the top of the hill to fetch water and come down and, you know, carry a bushel of sticks to the garden. And like, you know what I mean? We're active and moving and using this body that, that we've been given, but they weren't pushing themselves to their physical limit where they were laying in a pool of their own sweat five no. times a week. No, it's, it's an unfortunate mentality that, that is, is there in a lot of sports. I mean, CrossFit, you know, I think it's, what it's done is great because it's encouraged so many people to work out. But, you know, if you work out and you injure yourself, you're defeating the object. And I remember reading a, some study that said that in one of the CrossFit games, something like, and don't hate me if I'm wrong on this, but off the top of my head, it was something like 50% of the athletes were injured in the CrossFit games. And I was like, 50% of the athletes were injured. That must make it the most dangerous sport in the whole fucking world. And <laughs> you look at the way they program it, you know, the high rep Olympic lifts and some of the randomness that goes on in their programming. And you think, is it really the best thing for the average person? Like, if you want to be a CrossFit world champion, you've got to, just like if you're an NFL player, you've got to accept concussion. But if you just want to be strong and fit and muscular and lean, so that you can live life to the max. Do you really want to do a training program that breaks so many people? Yes, yeah. I think the answer is no. And I think if you are going to do it, you've got to pick a really good CrossFit gym with a coach who is more bothered about technique than mm -hmm. simply having you do things in the fastest amount of time or getting the most reps in. Totally. That just leads to a breakdown of form and that's like injury waiting to happen. Totally agree. Um, last, last little bit before we wind down. Let's talk about... Um, so now you're at the new alpha. What were some of the big turning points in, in your online business? Like with whatever you're comfortable sharing, because um, yeah. I know some people will talk about numbers. Some people would prefer to, to, to keep it abstract and I'm cool either way. Was there a point where you were like, holy shit, this online business thing is viable? 
well, and, and, and can take over. And then, you know, like what were like the big, the big yeah. moments that stand out for you? You know, as stupid as it sounds, the first day I ever made a sale was one of the biggest buzzes ever, you know, <laughs> but, but the real, the real turning point for me and my business partner, the day when we went from a six figure business to a multiples of seven figure business almost overnight, was when we stopped selling purely digital products. So we stopped selling e-books, horses, and vehicles, and we started selling physical products. As in, you know, I don't really want to use the word supplements because supplement is, to me, like vitamin C, vitamin D, isolated vitamins that it's very debatable as to whether your body gets any use from. We sell super formulas and superfoods. You know, we sell real foods in powdered form, mixed together usually and turned into formulas, just like they've done in the East for thousands of years. When we did that, the business really exploded. And I think the, the reason is obvious, you know, if someone's got a problem that they want to fix, that's why most people buy information. They have a problem, they want to fix it. Do they want to read a 500-page book and maybe find the answer? Or do they want to watch 12 hours of video and maybe find the answer? Or would they prefer to consume something that takes a couple of minutes a day maybe even a few seconds a day and have the solution. The only thing is, most people, you know, this is a weird thing. We could do a whole podcast on this, but I was trying to think the other day of how many truly ethical businesses there are in the world, and it's almost not. Almost big business is ethical because, like, if you look at, like, fast food business, they're not ethical because they sell food that poisons people slowly over time. Even if you find a business that is supposedly ethical, if you look at where they invest their money, it's usually like in pharmaceutical companies or in uh, arms companies. And so it's very hard to find an ethical business. We were, we were like so honest to the point where it would alienate some people and stop them buying from us. But we would attract like intelligent customers who will buy from us time and time again. So like, when you look at any of our sales pages for our superb formulas, yes, we tell them the benefits that the product can have. But we also say things like, you know, if you think you can take this formula and still eat, uh, you know, McDonald's, let's not say McDonald's, and still eat fast food three times a day, smoke cigarettes, take drugs, you know, sleep two hours a night, never exercise, have toxic relationships, and be stressed to death. If you think you can do all of that and just take our, our superfood formula and it's going to make all your problems go away, that's not true. Other people might tell you that's true, but that's not true. If you take our super formula and live a decent lifestyle, you know, you don't drink to excess, you don't smoke, you eat well most of the time, you don't have to eat well 100% of the time, but most of the time you do a little bit of exercise, maybe at least a couple of times a week, you make sure you sleep well most nights. If you do that and then take our formulas, that's when you're going to notice real and meaningful results. And then when we did that, a part of me was like, Hmm, I wonder if nobody's going to buy this because they're going to think they have to do too much to get results. But no, that's not what happened. What actually happened is people are like, holy shit, Adam and Elwin, my business partner's called Elwin, they're being honest with us in a sea of marketers who don't have an honest bone in their whole fucking body. I mean, seriously, there's people out there selling stuff who, even if you if you have a gun to their head and say, you can write an honest sales page, I'm going to shoot you, they still can't write an honest sales page. They just cannot resist lying, basically just just taking advantage of people. Yeah, so that works in the short run, but in the long run, when you're selling stuff online, if you go down a really fucking honest route, people love you. And you get rid of the idiots. You get rid of the people who are just a magic bullet who just go from one shiny 
uh, you know, supplement or pill or whatever it is, won't show anything to the next. You get rid of those people. But you don't want those people anyway. Those aren't the people who make you rich. The people who make you rich are the people who really like you, the people who sit down and have a beer or water with you if you're in a bar with you. The people who like, like you so much they'll refer you to their friends. Those are the people who buy from you time and time again for years. I have people with my Better in Bed website, and now we have it with a new, you know, we'll have it with a new alpha, who buy every single thing you launch. Like people who bought dozens and dozens of things from me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So two, like the, the three moments that really stand out, if I'm hearing you right, your first sale. Yeah. When you guys uh, stopped, not stopped, but when you started selling physical products as yeah. well as digital products, yeah. which is like light bulbs going off for me because we're all digital and you know consulting and and biohacking week right now. We have no physical, and sure. and people have been asking for a supplement or a vitamin or a superfood for a long time. Maybe we can partner on that. We got all the connections. Yeah, we'll we'll talk offline, and then um, the third thing was like radical honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Radical honesty. Did, did the, uh, the addition of physical products and radical honesty happen at the same time or did one happen before I, the other? I was always radically honest, but when you sell in an ebook or an audio course, it's different to selling a physical product. Cause I saw what other people were doing with physical. They're, they're just like, everyone wants to sell their thing as if it's a magic bullet. Like you take this one product, all your problems are going to go away. So no, we did it from day one, but I was, I was like, a part of me was thinking like, God, is this section of the sales page just going to mean we don't sell anything? The opposite <laughs> was true. The That's... Opposite. We had one, one affiliate. He only mailed our product like four times in a year. And he made like several hundred thousand dollars in his commissions. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. That's cool. That's cool. With, with the sex stuff, I was always honest and there was no reason for me not to be honest. I just got more outrageous with what I was prepared to say once I saw people responded to it. Because what I teach about sex to me is like, as a, as a man in particular, it's fundamental to success overall. Like, I firmly believe that if you don't, as a man, if you don't master women in sex, no matter how much success you have in other areas of your life, you always feel like you're, 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 not, you're not the complete man. And when you do master women in sex, actually, that was the bit I've missed from this podcast. It was mastering women in sex that gave me the confidence to be able to do all these other things because that was something that was so difficult to me in my teenage years that once I mastered it and gained so much confidence in that area, everything else seemed easy. Like negotiating business deals and writing sales pages, I was like, this is small fry because I actually figured out women, this thing that's a complete mystery to most men on the planet. I love so, that. Can you can you repeat that quote? I think I think I have it right, but you said as a man, if you don't master yeah. women and sex, finish the quote. You'll never feel like a real man. You'll never feel like a real yeah. man. That's and, interesting. And it has nothing. Let me be clear. It has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with your physical appearance. It has nothing to do with the size of your dick, which is what guys worry about. It has everything to do with understanding what women really want and being able to give them it. And I'll give guys a little something now. And women will relate. Women, some women listening to this will know it to be true. Others won't know it to be true. But if they think about it deeply, they will figure it out. And they'll understand what I'm saying is the truth. A lot of the reasons why so many women are so moody and argumentative and bitchy is because they're starved of sexual satisfaction because men do not know what they're doing in bed. 
that is the truth. And nobody's talking about it except me, but it's true. And I've had so many guys, so many guys email and would be like, Adam, my relationship was on the rocks. All we used to do was argue. She was such a, I thought she was such a bitchy, moody cow. And then I read your stuff. I went away. I stopped being a pussy. I started acting like a man. I started pleasing her in the bedroom. That brought her sex life back, her sex drive back to life. It brought the sexuality out of her that I didn't even think was in there anymore. And all of a sudden, she's a total sweetheart outside of the bedroom. I'd love to do another podcast with you another day on sex specifically because I've just condensed like 10 years of work into about two minutes, but... I, I would love to. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be great. Um, you can probably well, tell by the way I light up, this is still the thing that turns me on the most to talk about and teach because it's the thing that I feel like I'm the guy who can teach this and no one, you know, stuff nobody else is teaching. And then when yeah. people hear it, light bulbs go off and they want to hear more. And, and, and it's all tied together. It's, it, it is sure. health, you know, health sure. and, and, and life oh, yeah. satisfaction, quality of life. Um, Awesome. I mean, let me let me say something complete, let me say something unbelievably horrible and not politically correct. But one of the simple reasons why fat people, all the things being equal, one of the reasons why fat people are not as attractive as slim people is because if you're fat, it signifies a lack of health. And the attraction game is based on health. We are looking for healthy people to procreate with. Yeah. Uh, same same thing if you're anorexic or a bag of bones, again, more healthy. So actually, um, so it's not so much about having the prettiest or the most handsome face in the world. It's about maximizing this body and this head that you have, making it as good as possible, as healthy as possible. And then members of the opposite sex, or maybe the same sex if that's your thing. I don't really understand how that works. But anyway, let's say members of the opposite sex then become very interested in you, you know. Yeah, there was, there was a book that blew my mind probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago called The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. Okay. And, and it broke attraction down to uh, a lot of what you just described that, you know, okay. our genes are essentially looking for a partner that is going to give them the greatest shot at survival yes. and replication. Yeah. And like for Absolutely. men, a lot of male value is protection yes. and your ability to like hunt or today, yeah. you know, that's earn a living. And, yeah. and a lot of uh, value for women is being able to, you know, uh, care for the family and beauty, make the children attractive. And um, Absolutely. And, Where so yeah. many women are being misled. And, and men, it's like this whole plastic surgery phenomenon. I mean, this, you know, this whole thing now in America, it'll come over here of like women injecting fat into their butt to make their butt bigger. I mean, it's like, what are we becoming as a society? You know, blame the Kardashians, but it is terrible. Like, yeah. no one, no one wants to really just peel all this back and be like, "What would happen if I just made sleep a priority every day? If I just ate well and drank water? If I exercised most days? If I found my true passion and spent time on it? If I spent some time in the sunlight every day instead of being scared of it? If I meditated every day or did some deep breathing? What would happen if I just did those things? Well. Everything's okay when you do those things every day. You become attractive, you know. You know, it, God, it's it's also simple, and yet it's so. The internet has made it so confused for most people because there's so many different people saying so many different things. That it's like, where's the where's the truth? You know that 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 was a great summation of habits that are like high impact, high productivity, and quality of life habits. Um, as far right. as productivity goes, the number one thing anyone can do 
is do the most important thing first thing in your day. That's yeah. It. That's yeah. the productivity secret. The, the, Every the, successful person I know does that. And when yeah. they don't do it, they become aware of it and they go back to doing it. What do most people do? Most people who are financially stressed and have no money, first thing they do, they get to work, they find reasons not to work because they're doing something they don't like. They make coffee, they answer emails, they look on YouTube, they go on Facebook. They don't do the thing that's most important first thing of the day. That's the secret. I love it. So your your uh, business hack, do the most important thing first, do it first thing in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. What's your number one biohack for energy, brain power, and you know, being able to build your business? Hmm. It's a good question because there's so many things. How do I say what's most important? You know, what's, you, throw, what's yours? I'm going to throw out one that is a bit unusual because you know, you probably heard some typical ones, but I would maybe say taking a cold shower every single day. I like it. I, like I, it. I do that after every workout. I go hot for a minute, cold for a minute, something like that, five, six times, always ending on the cold. Um, and when you do that cold water every day, you feel alive, you feel energy. And it also helps recovery from your workouts. Um, yeah, you feel alive, you feel energy. Man. I had when you do cold. Great advice. And something that I miss a lot after, I didn't even realize that there were parts of the world that don't have cold water. But after moving oh, from wow. Chicago to Florida, it's like cool at best. So we've oh, really? got, uh, yeah, we, we just, we, we got a stock tank, so we still do ice baths and stuff to compensate, nice. but nice. you take for granted the, uh, your ability in Chicago to just turn it to cold and get a nice cold shower. Cause it is so invigorating. That's, that's a great piece of advice. I love that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Adam, the new Yeah. We've got something amazing for people that want to check that out, for people that want to either see how you guys have structured your business to grow it to where you're at today, doing multiple seven figures. Um, but you've also got some incredible products on there for energy and brain power and sexual health. Sure. Um, can you tell us you know, about one or two of your best sellers? Yeah, well, the Man T Rock Hard Formula is our, you know, currently our biggest seller. That's for guys who, you know, might have erection issues or maybe they just want to improve, improve their performance. It's for guys who want harder, more reliable erections. They want to last longer in bed. That's Man T Rock Hard Formula. That's been by far our biggest seller. Um, there's all my ebooks on there that I created about, you know, for guys about how to improve sex. Starting with the first one I ever wrote, which I still think is the most important, called Better in Bed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, God, we got tons of stuff, man. So many things. You know, for energy, we've got several products created by my business partner, Elwin Robinson. He's really figured that stuff out because he had his own health challenges in his 20s where he was, in fact, quite like you. Maybe you didn't get there in the same way, but he was completely depleted of energy. Being addicted to coffee and smoking uh, weed in his mid 20s, and now he's one of the most energetic, productive people I know in his mid 30s. He figured all that out, so he's got various products. But the one I recommend people start with is called More Energy Now, the little video program, not particularly expensive. In that, he teaches just one energy technique to do with your breathing, and he believes is the most powerful energy technique in the world. Again, it comes from the east. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very impressive. There was basically a doctor who figured out this one breathing technique uh, that had more positive effect on ill people in the, in the entire, is it Qigong system? Yeah. As we're using this one breathing technique. Uh, so he explains that in more energy now. So, you know, if you want more energy, I would start there. 
I'd love to check that out. Is there, um, is, is it similar to, is it similar to holotropic breathing or Wim Hof or like Kundalini? There's three different kinds, you know, I'm not going to explain it. He explains it better in that program, you know, it's his thing. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'll send you a copy. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. The reason why it's called more energy now is because it really does work in an instant. So let's say you're about to do a workout. You can choose the right breathing practice. Do it for a few minutes before your workout. You feel more, you know, more fired up. So. Beautiful. I'm, I'm excited to check it out. Um, Adam, this has been great. And we've got, you're hooking up uh, listeners with 10% off of whether it's like uh, all physical products. So discount yeah. code biohacks, they can get 10% off of uh, the Manti rock hard formula. Yeah, we're going to do biohacks 10 like okay. for the, for the uh, physical biohacks 50, 50% off the digital. So like the eBooks, audio courses, video courses, etc. Awesome. So people that are people that are getting physical products, biohacks 10, the number, you know, one zero, and then uh, biohacks five zero, biohacks 50 for the digital products for 50% off. Um, Adam, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate yeah, you sharing right. your, your journey and your wisdom in, in both the business and the health side. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'd love to come back and do another one, particularly on the sex, because I don't know, is your audience more male or female? It's it's a little bit more male than female, but it's it's like 55-45. So it's still a, a pretty women, good mix. Women just love listening and the guys the guys are gonna take notes and go away and use it. That's the truth about that. So we should do that one. I'm I'm all in. We'll uh we'll schedule it in the next couple of weeks and get it on the right. books and it'll be amazing. All right, cheers, Anthony. Awesome. Cheers, brother. Thanks. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Health Systems. Millennial Health Systems engineers innovative and practical light hacking tools for enhancing energy, detoxification, boosting immune function, improving focus, accelerating recovery, and much, much more. They're the brains behind two of my favorite light biohacks I've been using for a long time now with myself and with clients, the Theralumin and the Spectrumite. The Spectrumite utilizes multiple frequency and color combinations delivered through 40 high-powered LEDs to increase mitochondrial function, the little energy powerhouses in our cells that produce ATP, boost nitric oxide production, and encourage a state of relaxed focus. It's based on NASA research, which has found this type of low-level laser therapy, abbreviated LLLT, greatly enhanced the natural wound healing process and more quickly returned patients to pre-injury and pre-illness levels of activity. It's a one-stop shop for all of your light hacking needs. I use both the Spectrumite and the Theralumin every week and consider the Theralumin a cornerstone of the programs I put together and has helped some of my clients recover from chronic fatigue and other conditions with infectious causation like Lyme's disease. The Spectrumite is controlled via Wi-Fi using a smartphone application that's both intuitive and easy to use. And the Theralumin has literally two buttons, on and off. It's very simple. You can check out both products at millennialhealthsystems.com. That's millennialhealthsystems.com. Two L's and two N's in millennial. And right now, my listeners, that's you guys, will get $100 off the Theralumin and $50 off the Spectrumite. Just mention the code biohacks to get that discount.